y'all. Welcome to Sunny D, the ponderings of a black, pansexual, polyamorous, polymath. That would be me, D-Ray. I talk about relationships, relationshiping, intersectionality, tea, and a whole lot of other shit. Let's get on with the show in our different segments. Hey y'all, I'm back. <laughs> and today y'all get a double feature. D-Ray times two. What's up, what's up, what's up? Um, yeah, so your girl uh is back from Louisiana. And as you may have noticed, there was not an episode put out last Monday because, well, there were some technical difficulties um because my folks stay in the country. And then whenever I was in a space to do shit, um, technically, I was not in a space to do shit emotionally. So things like that happen, especially because this is a one woman show, y'all. Ain't nobody else here but me. That's a lie. I do have some people supporting me and doing things like the transcripts, um, you know, and my friends husband made my theme song by the way for those of y'all who don't know that theme song the little those little noises that's me uh it was funny because whenever i sent them to him he was like if you hadn't told me that was you i would have not would not have known um yeah and all my partners know i make those little fox noises um the foxes are my favorite animals so it makes sense that i make little noises like them anyways on with the show, the tea on tea. Actually, no, that's not the name of the segment. What's the tea? That's the name of the segment. I do another thing called the tea on tea. This is not it. Um, yeah. So, what's the tea today? Today's tea is Kentucky Bourbon by Adagio Teas. Adagio Teas is like the company that I first came across whenever I was um, first discovering loose leaf teas. This tea is a mix of some dried fruit. Um, I haven't looked at the actual page of Kentucky Bourbon, so I can't remember all the ingredients. I'm trying to picture it in my mind from when I scooped it out. I know that there's dried fruit in it. There is maybe blue corn flowers because I did see some little blue flowers and there's not a lavender taste in here. Um, there's also lapsang, know that, and some other black tea in here. And I am drinking this with some weed honey. So the things that I say are not totally what the tea tastes like because it's a lot sweeter than it normally is. Okay, so this tea is uh, smooth. It's real dark and vanilla-y. 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 Is that a word? It's going to be a word today. Um, it's, it's smoky and that's the lap saying making it smoky and giving it an aged flavor, which gives it a little bit of um, that Kentucky bourbon feel. Um, so with this honey, it really does taste exactly like a hot toddy. And for those of you who don't know, hot toddy is a drink that you drink when you're feeling bad. Um, it is basically regular black tea, honey. Sometimes you throw a lemon in there if you got them. And rum or bourbon or whiskey so yeah 
That's a hot toddy. So if it tastes like a hot toddy, I think Kentucky bourbon is a good name for it. Um, and that's that. This tea is pretty good. All right, for Ray's Rants and Raves. Today, we are raving. I'm actually recording this part way after I recorded the <laughs> other part of the episode. I'm recording it today, the day it is released, Monday, whatever, March, whatever, 21st, I guess, the 22nd, something like that. Um, regardless, that's the day I'm releasing this because I realized at the last minute that I did not record this part as I was editing. And here you go. Raise, rants, and raves. And it is a rave today, this morning. I watched Judge Katanji Brown Jackson's confirmation hearing. The first black woman Supreme Court judge. That's awesome. Um, what I would like to say not only is this an historic moment, but it is a moment where I am just like, I fucking love black women. Because let me tell you something. This woman's damn facial expressions were the best part of watching that confirmation hearing. I love us. I love black women's facial expressions, especially when somebody's saying some fuck shit. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Um, so let's get on with the show. It was already recorded. <laughs> Howdy, folks. Who's your favorite possum? <laughs> I'm sorry. I um, am in a goofy mood and I was definitely thinking about goofy movie. So, uh, yeah. Sup, babies? Today's episode's title is, I Can Barely Keep One Happy. And this title is inspired by all the folks who, whenever they find out that I'm non-monogamous, say that exact sentence to me. Um, that says a lot. I can barely keep one happy because even if you're monogamous, the fact that you're barely keeping your partner happy is a problem, y'all. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Today... The topic of the day is, um, you know, about managing multiple partners, but not in a logistical way, but in an emotional capacity, um, in a support capacity. So basically, people be coming into non-monogamy wanting multiple romantic relationships, but they can't maintain multiple friendships. And to be honest, um, if somebody comes to me, and it's like, hey, I want to have a relationship with you. You know, I'm new to non-monogamy, yada, yada, yada. And then I start asking them things and I start observing things about them. And I notice that they can't keep friends. Um, not necessarily that they just had bad luck with friendships, but the fact that the friends that they do have, they just fall off with them just because they can't, you know, keep up with them. They can't maintain the friendships. They don't know how to put care into their friendships. I'm like, nah, homie, uh, you've already shown that you can't handle multiple emotional connections. I'll pass. Um, this is mostly, I will say, a lot of times with those of the man variety. I don't know what it is about our society that has socialized y'all to not know how to connect but actually, we do know. We know what it is. We know what it is. But I'm going to need y'all to do better. Y'all got to do better, okay? Um, 
that's neither here nor there. But um, on this topic, I really wanted to talk about this because I do think that this is a concern, a valid concern that many people have of, you know, how do I maintain multiple relationships? How do I care for them? Um, and there are two things that I want to talk about that I feel like are the foundations of learning to care for multiple people, multiple people where you have a depth of connection. It doesn't necessarily have to just be romantic relationships. This is period. If you want to deepen your friendships and you're wondering, like, how do I do that? Or can I even do that? I think that this episode is going to cover the basics of that. We will have other episodes that cover like it in more depth and um, different ways, like logistically. Um, but this one is just about self-reflection, knowing yourself, some things to consider when you're wondering this question, when you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how to handle one relationship or I feel like I'm tired handling one relationship. How do I handle more? So first thing is there are people who can give endless love and take care of multiple people. And there are people who take a lot from people. I know that there are a lot of people who come into polyamory specifically because they take a lot from their partners and they feel like, um, you know, their partners uh, can't handle all of them, that they're too much or you know, that they, there's something that they are incompatible with their partners with and they want to find it somewhere else, that they're trying to use people to, and I don't use use in a, in a bad way, um, you know, we can use people and it not be so totally negative, um, but they want to use people to fill the gaps, to fill the holes because maybe another person cannot um, cater to them in that way. And that's okay because we all have different, Things that we can and cannot do, we all have different boundaries. However, I don't think that people consider if they can give as much love as they can receive. And this is something very important that you need to recognize. Like, where, where do you fall on this scale? Because I do think that there's a scale. I think that the capacity that someone has for giving versus receiving love is very scalable. And lots of people don't take that into account as they navigate through relationships. So the first thing you need to think about is based off of past things and based off of what you know about yourself, um, how much do you think that you give more love than you receive historically? Um, or do you think that you are better at receiving love and not necessarily giving it to folks? Now, I say this is scalable because people have different needs and wants. The people that you're giving love to may want or need, you know, something different, more or less from you. And it may be easier to give certain folks things and harder to give other folks things. But this is something that you really have to think about. I'm not saying that one or the other is bad or that, you know, they can't be equal or these, that these are the only two kinds of people. Of course not. But it is something to consider. Um where do you stand on this scale? How much love do you think you can receive? Um, and I think that's endless amounts. How much love do you think you can give? And I also think that's endless amounts. But on a <laughs> practical, practical thing, how much care are you capable of? Um, 
For instance, I know someone who has ADHD and it's not so much that he forgets about other people, but he kind of does. Um, a lot of things in the ADHD brain is out of sight, out of mind. And so he can't, um, so he has issues with object permanence. And if it's not right there in front of him, then he forgets about it until something pops up that reminds him about it. So it's not that he is incapable of giving a whole lot of love. It's more of that the way in which he cares may be incompatible to some folks because he is incapable of giving that type of love to someone. So on the capacity of giving love in communication, in words of affirmation, um, of, of things like that, he is probably low. So he would need a low maintenance person or persons um, to, to, to have relationships with him, whether that be friendships, you know, coworkers, uh, romantic relationships, whatever, because there will be times where he is distracted doing other things and just forgets to hit you up and say, hey, how are you doing today? Where he forgets um, that it might be a special occasion or whatever. That doesn't mean he doesn't care. That just means that his ability, his capacity for giving love in that way is on the low side. And this is what I mean by the capacity for giving love versus receiving love. Think about the things that people usually complain about you not doing for them. Or think about the things that our society has said, these are the things that you do to show love. I know that the ways to show love are incalculable, but we're, at, we're, we're going from a starting point, y'all. So think of those things. And then think about your idiosyncrasies, your, you know, patterns of thought, the way that you move around in the world and how do you fit into those things? How, how do you, how can you, um, how do you express those things and how frequently do you express those things? You need to know this so that you will be able to communicate it to other folks and then you can find out whether or not you're compatible with them. Second thing, and this is a thing that I love to talk about. I had a conversation with a couple of my metamors about bandwidth and how individualized it can be. Now, when I say bandwidth in this sense, I mean the capacity one has for various human connections in their lives and their ability to maintain them along with work, their health, and other responsibilities. Of course, everyone's bandwidth is going to look and feel differently, and they can be based on many factors. Sometimes an individual's bandwidth changes as their life circumstances change, and sometimes it stays the same their entire life, you know? Um, introverts, extroverts, those with chronic health conditions, those socialized a certain way, those who have a different culture, they all have their own distinct numbers. So it's been my experience that not many people take the time to self-reflect and figure out what the fuck their bandwidth is, all right? So no matter what kind of relationship configuration you may have, I personally feel like you should know what your max capacity is for your emotional, your mental, and your physical health because all of these things are intertwined and too much pressure in one area can manifest itself in a negative way in another area. Stretching yourself too thin is something almost all of us, come on y'all, can confess 
to doing so at one point or another. Some people argue that not setting reasonable boundaries or not knowing how to say no is the main reason that burnout happens. Um, I would argue that, you know, you can't really set good boundaries without first knowing what you're comfortable with or what you're capable of. Um, it's hard to set boundaries about communication, about how often you're going to see somebody and all of that if you don't really know what your bandwidth is. So knowing this helps prevent burnout. I came upon Dunbar's number, um, I don't know, some years ago. Robin Dunbar is an anthropologist and an evolutionary psychologist who theorized in the 90s that after studying primates and early societies and shit like that, that 150 is the number of individuals with whom any one person can maintain a stable relationship with. Um, that means it's the typical number of folks that we can keep track of and that we consider our ongoing, uh, continual, always in touch with social network. So that number has actually been proposed to be between 100 and 250 uh, because people are people and individuals and they're different, uh, but they commonly use 150 just as, you know, the median number or whatever. These relationships can be broken up into different categories. There is uh, five of them. All right. So you have around five to 10 very close support relationships, people you speak to nearly every day. And then you have 12 to 15 people um, on top of those who are in your sympathy group. These are the people that would be devastated, like totally torn apart if you died. Um, and then you have around 50 other meaningful relationships. Um, I would like to go back and say that like whenever I say people will be devastated if you die, I don't mean like that other people won't be devastated or other people won't cry. But these are the people that you dying would really, really interrupt their life in emotional and practical ways. All right. And so then we have 50 other meaningful relationships and then around 100, 150 currently active, active, meaning you talk to them semi-regularly, casual friendships. And then you have between the 200 and 1500 range. That's the outer layer of context. That's the low stakes connections, like, you know, coworkers and shit that you don't really talk to. But they, these are people in your sphere that you may talk to on a semi-regularly basis, on a quarterly basis or whatever the fuck. But you, are, you don't share intimate shit with them. Okay. Outer layers of context. All right. So um, many have proposed some fallacies to this theory because they're like the Internet has brought the world closer and that, you know, we need more than 150 connections to network and all of this. That some people's families are even bigger than this. I know. I know. My mom is the youngest of 18 and, all, and lots of them had lots of kids. So I know. Yes. Yes. Some people's family can surpass this number. Um, but to me, like this number is pretty spot on, regardless of whether you're introvert, ambivert, extrovert, or, you know, something not yet classified for you special people. It's not about like who you know or who you talk to. It's about intimate connections. So like you're saying, oh, you know, social media. And I'm like, but all the people that you have on your friends list, if you have, you know, thousands of people, you don't interact with them frequently. Not every, you don't interact with all thousands of them frequently every day. You don't share intimate details of your life with them, okay? And networking professionally is not the same 
<laughs> as you know what this is talking about and also families too because there i i really only talk to you know a few people in my family like that so like yeah this is true that these numbers um that there are more than this amount of people in your life who fill your life up but that's why they have those low stakes connections because majority of these people are low stakes connections the 150 people that's your number that's that's your that's your shit right there those are your people for real for real i i think that personally that people have a very loose definition of the word friend and they don't consider the depth or a lack of it to be honest of certain sorts of connections and so dunbar's number like i said doesn't include those in your life that are generally known that you have a lack of personal connection with and so you call them friends but if the person is on the periphery of your personal social circle and you have like a shallow-ish relationship with them like acquaintances your your acquaint i i told y'all before that we need to bring that word back acquaintances they're your acquaintances or they're like your cordial networking only connections or they're just the people that you know through them because that's a friend of so and so and that person is close to you then that may push your number far past that number that is not that was not dunbar's intent whenever he created this number um whenever you know they researched all the shit and came up with this number all right so like i'm a person who has a lot of internet acquaintances um and i used to network real heavy for work but i would say that dunbar's number like holds true to my life because it pinpoints how many meaningful connections and emotional ties that i actively nurture and maintain so like when i first read about dunbar i went to the back page of my planner <laughs> Because I like making lists and I like making outlines and in and, and, and spreadsheets and like just graphs and shit like that. So what I basically did is I created a circle of my people. So I put my name in the middle. And then I put my people's names um, fanning around me using the categories that I said before. So like those closest to me and then the, the, the what is it called? The sympathy group. Yes. And then the casual friendships. All right. Um and the other meaningful relationships yes so i did that and lo and behold y'all i came up with 127 names and what's interesting to me is that today today i took a look at this page and that number has changed well the number has been it's actually been around the same amount um it's more that basically what i noticed is that um some people move closer to me some people faded away and there were those who have cemented their bonds and then there's some newcomers in the circle so yay i like it but the number has pretty much been pretty steady you know by the way i think i'm on the lower end of this because i am very much introverted um i accept cool people as acquaintances and then you may move to casual friendship but it's very i think hard for folks to move into my inner circle just because it's I only have enough space. <laughs> I only have enough space and it's kind of taken up and these, these these is my ones, you know? So yeah, yeah. Um, on that note, after some self-reflection and some analyzing of my past, I personally have determined that I have the capacity for about 10 deeply entangled, that means practically, emotionally, or sexually 
um, connections. Back when I was diagnosed with depression, because a bitch be depressed, and I was deep into that depression rabbit hole, um, as well as when at that same time I was struggling financially, uh, I was still able to foster and hold on to that many relationships. And although I'm healthier now, I am also like really busy with doing all this shit, figuring out, you know, work stuff, um, maintaining my health and my finances and simply just living. Um, plus I learned that I really cherish and need my alone time. I schedule that shit. Uh, that, that number has stayed the same. 10 has stayed the same. So for me, it's like the, the busyness replaced the deep pit of depression. They were kind of the same thing, the extra responsibilities <laughs> depression equaled the weight of the extra responsibilities isn't that crazy this is why you can't do shit when you're depressed anyways i was still able to maintain those 10 connections and right now i'm cur- currently like teetering that line um, of saturation that's what we call it when you're polysaturated that means you have um just the right number of partners where you feel done where you feel like I can maintain this. And that's important because I think that folks hit polysaturation. They don't know that they're polysaturated because they don't know their motherfucking number. They don't know their motherfucking bandwidth. All right. So for those of y'all who are like, I just be polysaturated and I don't know it until I try to lump somebody else on there. You would know it if you knew your number. You knew, would know when you're getting close to it. If you like self-reflected, thought about your number and thought about the ways which different connections show up in your life. Anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, oh, I was, I'm teetering. I'm teetering <laughs> the line of polysaturation, of saturation in general. And pretty much that means being totally maxed out. Uh, I currently have four romantic slash sexual partners, um, one platonic more, four platonic life partners. And I'm in the midst of a few relationships that have yet to be determined or to settle into their natural place because that's you know what I do I let them I let them settle you know yeah um so yeah but you know knowing my bandwidth doesn't make me feel as if I'm missing out on any connections um it doesn't limit me um it actually helps me not take on too much it helps me more easily let go of those who I've outgrown or who aren't good for me or who are lacklustered about being in any type of relationship with me. It reminds me that I have to carefully like tend to the relationships that I do have, that just because every relationship is different and some are less intense and less entangled, that that doesn't make them any less beautiful. So um, sometimes relationships just aren't meant to be deeply intimate and that's okay. You meet people where they are, you have fun with them. And that begs the question, what is depth? What is depth to you? Because people have varying definitions of depth. What is depth to me, to D? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. If y'all want to know what depth is to me, that means that I have talked to you about my past. I feel comfortable talking to you about my past because I have some shit back there that baby it is hard to talk about and it's especially hard to talk about with folks who don't understand it and have like more of a pitying view for it so like yeah I I I need that I need in order to feel like I can fully trust somebody and trust that they love me to have been able to talk about my past 
um, to talk about where I currently stand as far as a whole bunch of other issues. I need folks to be curious, to be inquisitive, to be open-minded, and to have critical thinking skills. So whenever we're talking about some shit that deals with intersectionality, they're able to be nuanced about it. Um, folks that understand, like, they have emotional intelligence who understand that, like, if they have certain feelings that we're able to talk about it, that we're able to have disagreements and then not become a huge fight. To me, that's death. That's death of connection of like, we can talk about any fucking thing and we can go deep down into the nitty gritty, into all the different nuances to kind and we can kind of sort of play devil's advocate. And we both know that where we actually stand um, that we don't get so defensive that we are talking past each other. Um, and I need to have these types of conversations with folks in order for me to feel like our relationship has some depth. And also with that, I just need to feel held. Okay, I need to know that this person holds space for me, that they will be accountable for their actions, that if I'm like, I need some, some time, they'll give me that time. If I say, if I need to be hold, held, they will do that. If I say, just leave me the fuck alone, that they will do that. Um, to me, that's depth of connection. Um, yeah. And talking about my personal beliefs and my personal emotions, because sometimes I talk to folks about certain things, um, about how I feel about sex and shit like that um you know my views on sci-fi my views on religion and all that and then next thing i know they're like oh my gosh now we're best friends and we have a depth of connection i'm like yeah i told you all about my views but i haven't told you how it makes me feel i don't trust you enough to tell you how it makes me feel like my actual feelings i've never said i feel i've never said well i look at it this way because such and such happened in my past i've been very clinical and stated facts and you know talked about it very coldly and you didn't understand that because you just thought the fact that we were talking and that we talked for a while meant that now we are connected but I don't know how you don't know how I actually feel 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 about these things I don't know how you feel about these things I don't know how these things affect you why you have that perspective to me that's depth so anyways um how does that meaning of depth, my meaning, or your meaning of depth, translate into figuring out what your number is. All right, so um, I love genuine connections in all forms, especially the kinds where we talk about weird shit and touch each other while we doing it. Um, and I love that I can be open to sincere friendships of all different types of intensities and all different types of benefits. So I have some folks I'm close to but I don't necessarily include them in my close support relationships that take up a lot of my bandwidth because of the nature of the relationship. So, for instance, um, my best friend from high school, one of my best friends from high schools, um, we gonna call her Donae. She know who she is. Not that I didn't said that. Uh, me and Donae, we had a very very close relationship in high school, and we talked about all this st stuff that I already said is like that makes me feel like we have depth so our depth has already been established but i don't count her in my close support networks because i don't talk to her very frequently we have been long distance 
for a very long time. We went to school in Louisiana. Um, and once we graduated, we have not lived in the same town since. We have frequently visited each other when we were in college and shit. And when I go down, when I went down to Louisiana in the past, I would try to make time to, you know, drive down to her to where she was living. Um, but now she doesn't live in Louisiana anymore. She just moved again. And I'm going to try and see her where she lives there. But our relationship is more of a, oh, I'm thinking about her. So I'm going to text her. Oh, I need something. And I know that she can help me. She'll text me. Um, yeah. And so our relationship is very, it's very casual. It's more casual, like type of friendship. However, if some shit went down, I already know this bitch got me. And she you better know that I got her. So our depth of connection has already been established because of how long we took to establish that depth and all the shit that we went through. So that connection's already established. It's done. Ride or die, bitch. But I don't necessarily have to do much to maintain that. That's because of the person that she is and the person that I am. We can just come back together as if nothing happened whenever we talk to each other next. So as a result... I don't put that in my bandwidth thing because that's not something that I am maintaining every day, every other day, weekly. I'm not maintaining that weekly. I'll say that. I'm not maintaining that relationship weekly. I'm not making sure, let me water this garden. Let me send, you know, how how much you're important to me. Let me, let me see where it is. And the thing is, is that I don't necessarily need to, to maintain that relationship. So not part of my close support network. So therefore not in my bandwidth, but part of my meaningful connections. Um, and when I say bandwidth, I think I didn't say this before, but when I say bandwidth, I meant that five to 10 um, close support network, yours can go up, maybe it's 15 or whatever, but that's what I mean by when I, whenever I say bandwidth. So like if somebody is asking you to be that entangled with them, you need to know how many can you have in that space and if you can do that for that person, if y'all, you know, if, if y'all match up in, in, in different in other ways, and then you can say, yes, I have the bandwidth for you and the compatibility for you. We can try and do this. Um, that's how you keep more than one happy. Yay. Um, it's not that simple, but this is a good start. Oh, and that leads me into the next thing that I want to say, which was basically that you should have intentional conversations to see where you and a person are and aren't compatible in this specific way. So if your number, let's say it's four and you already have two partners and you talk to your mama every single day, the next person, that, that other person could be your fourth person. You could say, yes, I have the bandwidth for you, but you also need to have a very frank conversation of, you know, to me that a, a meaningful connection depth means this. And I would also like to talk twice a week to have an in-person date once a week um and the talking twice a week is separate from the in-person date blah, blah 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 what you want in relationships and i will probably talk about relationship expectations and talking about um thinking about what you want in relationships and then how to talk to someone about that and come to a compromise if y'all stuff don't match all the way up but anyways so basically if you only have time for a certain kind of relationship and they aren't willing to have that level of communication or intimacy or what have you, y'all may not be compatible for that type of relationship. And that can be okay or it could not be okay. It can go either way. But regardless, um, you will know 
what you have to offer as far as bandwidth. So let's say you have four people already in your circle. You can tell them now, actually, you know, I'm not necessarily saturated, but I do not have the capacity for the type of relationship that you're looking for. Instead, would you mind if we have this type of relationship? So you're telling them what your bandwidth is. I don't have the bandwidth for that close connection where I talk to you twice a week, see you once a week, whatever. But I am available for talking to you sporadically and seeing you once a month. Um, so I have an example of this. I have an ex, um, and when we first met, he told me from the get-go, I have the capacity for three relationships. I am currently in three relationships, um, but I really like you, and I want to see where our connection goes. So we could try out a friends with benefits situation, and we just, you know, schedule time when we have time. I said, okay, and we had dates once every four to six weeks, and it was pretty great. Now, I caught feelings, but for me, that means nothing because feelings are feelings, and that's it. It doesn't, actions don't have to change for me. So we still did the things that we did. Um, we still saw each other in the time that we saw each other, you know, when, when we could. And we talked over, you know, text and messenger and stuff like that. Also, whenever we could. Um, and although I had these feelings and it would have been nice to have more, I was just kind of like, all right, so here we are. This is what we are. And this is what he said he could do. And so I'm good with that. I'm chill, um, and everything. Um, but then like we talked later and he said that he also had developed feelings, you know, um, we said that we loved each other, whatever. And we started seeing each other more frequently, like twice a month ish still good for me now the issue came up um where he started getting overwhelmed with this twice a month thing um even I, actually i think it was it, it was a lot of other factors that were at play but i was not getting any time or i was getting a lot of cancellations so we talked about it and he mentioned that he wanted to see me once a week now for me i'm a very practical person and I just gave him math because at that time with his three partners, he was seeing them twice a week. And so I was like, that's six days out of the week. And then you have other things to do, like hanging out with your friends, um, resting, time to yourself, whatever, whatever. There's only seven days in a week. So it is impossible for you to see me once a week. However, we can try to see each other once a month, you know, or um, or twice a month. I mean, we can try to see each other twice a month. We can try to like carve out little periods of time here and there with, you know, like um, lunch dates and shit like that. And so we tried that. But the issue, um, I think it was really an issue of bandwidth because I really think that he, with his job and everything else, didn't have the bandwidth for the, the type of connection that he wanted to have me. He wanted to put me in, in that close support network. And he really didn't have the bandwidth for it. If he would have pushed me out to the next level or whatever, I would have been fine with that. We were there before already and I was fine with it. But he kept trying to put me into the close one and failing. And to me, that hurts more than being where I was. Um, that along with some other shit because the, some other shit happened, we broke up. I feel like if it was just a bandwidth issue, I would have eventually just been like, bitch, no, and fixed it myself with the with the scheduling and stuff because that's just the person that I am. 
um, but some other issues cropped up. And so we ended up breaking things off. And I think that he's a great person. And um, I wish him well on his endeavors. However, I do hope that at this point he understands what his bandwidth is, um, what he has to offer, and like, you know, how frequently he can communicate, how frequently he can see folks, um, the depth of communication that he can have with folks, because that to me was another thing is that I felt like that I wanted to put him in my close network, but like I couldn't have certain depth of connection with him because of certain factors. So anyway, so that's an example <laughs> that uh, I have as far as um, different bandwidth, different ways to look at, you know, keeping folks happy, figuring out what your bandwidth is. In conclusion, um, a great way to prepare for having multiple emotionally deep, intimate relationships is to consider your past, consider the obligations that you have, health concerns, um, kids, taking care of parents or dependents, uh, your job, the folks that you already have in your life that you already have this depth of connection with. And think about, you know, in the past, whenever I had a friend group of 10 folks, was I really close to all 10 folks or was I really close to only four of them? And then I had my two other people that I was close to. And so it just seems like the number five has been reoccurring in my life and that's what I can do. And I do think that it takes a lot of thought and sometimes it does take actually being in it. You have to kind of sort of uh, do the thing to see the thing. So if you can't figure it out just by reflecting, you may have to just jump in and be like, oh, here we go. Every time after three, I just can't continue those conversations and stuff. So maybe three is your number for close, intimate relationships. And then everybody else is still meaningful, but outside of that realm. And so I can't give them what they need. Going back to the very first thing, I can't give them love in the way that they say that they need to be given it for them to also feel like we're on that that I'm on the level that they want me to be on so you have to have some really hard conversations you have to have some um, really intentional conversations with folks um, about this because once you know yourself and then somebody comes and say yeah I would like for you know us to be super close and super close to me means this or if they just say I would like for us to be super close please ask them what does that mean how often do you want to see me um, how often do you want to talk on virtually? How, what, what do you expect of me in sickness? What do you expect of me when you're having a breakdown, emotional issues, blah, 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 blah. Because you, only you can really determine what you can and cannot handle. And you need to figure that shit out before you start promising shit to people. Because then you're just going to fucking hurt them when you can't deliver. And these are conversations that, yeah, you might not have them at the beginning of the relationship, um, but you have them at some point when you're talking about relationship expectations. Like, you should know what your bandwidth is so that you can be able to know where somebody could fit in your life, but then asking them, like, 
what they expect from the relationship and seeing if those things match up, that can't happen later. And sometimes shit comes up. You can't predict everything, but you do. You can be intentional about how you do things from the beginning so that when those emergencies, when those unexpected things happen, you can talk about it and just be like, this is a one-off or huh, if this is something that happens over and over, I know that I won't be able to handle it. So we're going to need to rework how we have our relationship practically or emotionally or physically, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you have to figure out where you are on the scale of giving certain types of love and affection, where you're on the scale at receiving certain types of love and affection what is your number for close intimate connections what is your number for other meaningful connections which could be vast okay like there i know plenty of people who have but they they would say they have like 20 partners and i can see it because they may have four partners who are in their close intimate support network and then they have other partners who are comments who are friends of benefits who are platonic um, friends, who are queer platonic relationships, but they're less entangled. And, and you know, they, they, th- that's, that's how they are able to have 20 relationships. So for you to maintain more than one, for you to keep more than one happy, you have to figure out where these more than one are actually going to fit within your bandwidth. And I also feel like there's something to be said about if you have insecurities around whether or not your partner's number or one of your partner's numbers or one of your friend's numbers is bigger than your number. Because I do think, and I have come across this, folks who um, feel a little inadequate whenever somebody has a greater bandwidth than them because they're like, they're doing it why can't i do it or they project certain things like well i know i can't handle that many so therefore this person can't nearly have as much time for me as they claim and all of these are valid concerns people are individuals you really don't know what somebody else can handle until they've proven it to you and i'm going to default that more most people know themselves better than i know them so i'm not going to project oh they can't handle that unless i've known this person for a long time i've seen them fuck shit up over and over because they've taken on more than they can handle but if this is like a new person in your life or you're um transitioning to non-monogamy with a partner you can't just automatically assume that just because they can handle more relationships um then you can more intimate connections then you might be able to then that means that they are going to start neglecting you and don't let the insecurities around that cause you to one um claim that they're neglecting you when they're not just really look at when i say this what i mean is that a lot of times folks look at what folks are doing for other people or the fact that they even have other people and they're like oh, I feel insecure about this, which means that the person is neglecting me. It's not always true, y'all. Sometimes it's you having insecurities around that and you need to really look at your relationship and say, 
Are they doing all the things that I want them to do? Is there something more that I want them to do? Is there something less that I want them to do in my relationship with them? not the other person's relationship with them, like nothing to do with their other relationships. What does our relationship look like? And this person is meeting all your needs and isn't necessarily doing anything wrong. And the only issue that you have with them is that they're doing stuff with other people or the number of folks that they're doing stuff with, then that may be something you need to work in on yourself and not them dropping the ball. Um, and also don't compare yourself to other people when it comes to this. If you can only handle two folks, that's how many folks you can handle. And then you figure out where everybody else fits in your life, how you can fit them within your bandwidth and um, within your social circle. Um, that can be any type of manner of relationships. You can design your own relationships the way that you want them to be. But just because somebody else can do six doesn't mean that you have to try and push yourself to do six. Maybe if you can only do two. Do too and live your life. Love yourself. So a question for you guys, and you can talk about it um, on my Patreon group, this episode's you know, thread on Patreon, this episode's thread in my free to join Sunny D Pod Facebook group. Um, yeah, what's your bandwidth? That's the question. What's your bandwidth? How did you figure out what your bandwidth is? Are you still trying to figure out what your bandwidth is? What are some questions that you have about figuring out what your bandwidth is? Do you want some tips or tricks? Um, more than what I've given here um, to figure it out. And maybe folks have some if you go and look <laughs> on that page. So that's what I leave you with. Um, and that's that on that. Sunny D is produced, edited, mixed, all that shit by me, D-Ray. Full transcript of this episode is available on this episode's page at sunnydpod.com. Theme song by Cowpen Creations. You can find us on Patreon by searching Sunny D Pod or patreon.com slash sunnydpod. You can join our group on Facebook, Sunny D Pod, and you can find that through our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Sunny D You can find us on Instagram at Sunny D Pod, on TikTok at Sunny D or my ratchet ass Twitter, Lil Wild Minx. That's it. Stay foxy, y'all.